Hi, my name is Mandy Jackson Beverly, and I'm a bibliophile. Welcome to the Monday edition of the Bookshop Podcast, where I interview booksellers and independent bookshop owners from around the world. To help the show reach more people, please share with friends and family and on social media. And remember to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast. You're listening to episode 122. Flashlight Books is an independent bookstore located in Walnut Creek, California. Owners Shoshona Smith, Marianne Aducci, and Gigi Renheimer are dedicated to promoting a sustained love of reading in children and see the bookstore as a space that is community-focused and celebrates curiosity, passion, and learning. Hi, Shoshona, and welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having us on. My pleasure. So let's begin with the story behind launching Flashlight Books, your Indiegogo campaign, and financing the bookshop. So um, Flashlight Books, we're small indie in Walnut Creek. We are owned and run by three women, myself, Marion, and Gigi. Marion and I have known each other since college. And in 2011, we ended up working together at The Reading Bug, which is this amazing children's bookstore in San Carlos, California. And pretty early into the job, we realized this is what we wanted to do forever. So over the years, we sort of worked on plotting a store and organizing something. And a few years later, when we were really ready to get going, we sort of brought Gigi in with us, um, who we, we knew her from the local book industry scene. And we launched the Indiegogo in 2017. And it was moderately successful. I actually had some, some sort of life conflict come up in the middle, which I do think you know, made it a little, a little rougher going. Um, but we did get some of the funds we needed and we got a loan for the rest. And in December, 2018, we opened uh, as sort of a holiday pop-up in our space. And then we renovated and opened for real in February, 2019. And you said you and Marion met at college. Which college did you both attend? Knox College in Illinois. It's a small liberal arts college. And are you both from the California area? No, actually, Marion is from outside Chicago, and I am from uh, the Boston area. And what about Gigi? Not actually sure where she's from originally, but she's been in the California area longer than both of us. And why did you decide to open a children's bookshop? <laughs> I mean, the simplest answer is it's what we knew um, after working for almost 10 years at The Reading Bug. But it is more than that. We think it's so important not just to encourage kids to read, but to help them find books that they take real joy out of. So outside of like, you know, you read this for school, you read this because your teacher said so, like stories about kids who look like them and live like them or who don't, because we really feel like kids experiencing mirrors and windows through books, it's just everything toward fostering self-esteem and empathy that will carry for the rest of their lives. Yeah, I completely agree. When my sons were growing up, my husband and I left books all over the place, nonfiction, fiction, it didn't matter. Uh, but the kids just would pick them up, then get interested in reading. If it was a book on penguins or turtles or geography, the sheer curiosity of wanting to know what the book was about, I think was a big encouragement 
for wanting to read. And I used to say to them, you know, once you start reading, it just opens up a new universe. And that was what they did. In fact, I remember one night I woke up and the name of your bookshop kind of reminds me of this because the boys are in bunk beds and the eldest was on top. And I hear this, mom, and I go into the bedroom wondering what on earth is going on. And he had his little light on beside his bed and he was reading and he said, is this word penny silver? And half awake, I looked at the word and chuckled and said, no, but you're close. It's Pennsylvania. (laughs) And I just remembered thinking, wow, what a great way to be woken up. (laughs) That's adorable. That is great. And there's, um, there's this great book that came out a couple of years ago called How to Raise a Reader, where they address like a lot of myths about getting kids to read. And, and one of the things they talk about is it's parents reading to kids, but it's also the accessibility of books. So like just having books around the house, that imprints it on them really early. And that's really important. Yeah. And I also think that it's super important for children to see their parents and family members reading too. I recently interviewed author Emma Straub, who, along with her husband, owns Books of Magic, an independent bookshop in Brooklyn, New York. And the bookstore is involved with a group called Brooklyn Book Bodega, whose website states, quote, research shows that households with 100 plus books boost life outcomes for children and adolescents. So their mission is to increase the number of 100 plus book homes in Brooklyn. Yeah. And that's, and that's so important, especially because, you know, being able to have that many books is such a product of privilege. And so to, to increase that accessibility for all kids. Um, I know that when the pandemic first started, we actually worked with an organization that basically got some books from us that they passed out with, you know, uh, one of the schools that was doing like letting kids come to get lunch and food, like free food while the schools were shut down. And they did a thing where the kids could also get a book when they picked up food. That's a great idea. Oh, it was amazing. We were so glad to be part of it. And that's how you build community. Don't wait for anyone else to do it. If you see something that needs doing, you go and do it. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of books, I'd love to hear about the book clubs you offer at Flashlight Books. So right now we've got two book clubs running. One is a book club for adults called Book Friends Book Club. And we don't really have a particular focus other than we try and keep our picks on the lower stress, easier to digest side. Like we're not reading the tattooist of Auschwitz or like really dense political stuff. But other than that, we're all over the place. Um, Right now we're reading One Life by Megan Rapinoe. We do mysteries and romances and some young adult general fiction. So we're all over the place. So the the other one is um, the Page Turners Book Club which we just started. Our second meeting is actually tonight and it's for readers ages 10 to 14. And we focus on diverse and marginalized voices. Tonight, we're talking about The Unexplainable Disappearance of Mars Patel by Sheila Shari. And next we're reading Marcus Vega Doesn't Speak Spanish by Pablo Cataya. I like that title. It is, it, it's a great book. It is. It's really terrific. And we did have a Queer Reads book club for teens, but it's currently on hiatus. We're just looking for a volunteer lead right now. 
That sounds like a good opportunity for someone. Now, did you offer an e-commerce site when the store first opened, or was this something you had to add during the pandemic? I guess the word on every bookseller's lips during the pandemic has been pivot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of pivoting. We did, we've had a web store since we opened, but when the pandemic hit, we did, so our website was only books and we've since added a second web store that has like some of the non-book items that we offer since the pandemic. Now, Medica's question is one that I often ask different indie bookstore owners, but because you're specifically a children's niche bookstore, I think you're the perfect bookseller to answer this question. Do you see a niche in both children's, preteen and YA books that needs strengthening? Yeah. I mean, you know, this has sort of been the thing for several years now, but like diverse voices need more support, not just in the stories, but the creators. There's, you know, creators of color, like don't always get the same marketing budgets that really needs to be addressed. But then sort of specifically, like, I'd love to see more focusing on like people with disabilities, religious diversity, you know, the Latina community, like we definitely need more stories from there. And I do feel that it also really needs to delve into the younger stuff. So, you know, young adults gotten a lot more diverse. They're sort of getting there with middle grade and picture books, but early chapter books, it's still really homogenous and absolutely needs more attention. Well, let's hope some writers and publishers are listening because that sounds like an opportunity and something much needed. Okay, so what essential skills have you learned personally and in business since the idea of opening a bookshop began to take shape? Apart from I need a vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, um, no, so many. I mean, QuickBooks, I have learned to do QuickBooks. Time management, which I knew before, but now I really need to know it finances, budgeting, teaching myself to use Instagram. I don't know if Instagram is an essential skill. It feels like it now. I think that goes under social media marketing. It's definitely an essential skill. Yeah. Yeah. I've had to become craftier, which no one talks about all like the signage and the crafts you have to learn to do. But I do think the most essential thing I've learned is standing up for your ideals and your personal brand and what you want your store and your space to be you can't please everyone. And I think the retail world is finally coming away from the idea that like the customer is always right. In creating a store, especially a bookstore, you have to learn to stop second guessing what you want the space to be and really learn to embrace your ideals and what you're enthusiastic about. Be proud of who you are and who your store is. People will be drawn to that. And ideally, you'll be creating a space that's safe for the people who need it. That's excellent advice in just about everything across the board, I would say. Shoshona, I was thinking about Flashlight Books the other day because I read you actually have an Amazon bookstore fairly close to where your bookstore is located. And then we, of course, found out that they're closing. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Has the Amazon bookstore near you closed yet? I don't know. We had a customer come in yesterday to say that they weren't open that particular day, even though they usually are open. So we we don't know any details about the local store. The truth is, and I know this isn't true for all communities, but for ours, 
we never really felt like the Amazon store was a huge threat. Amazon as an online retailer is like a much bigger issue. The store itself is like it's curated by algorithms and no one really cares that much. Yeah, I think I've been into two in my life or in their lifetime, I should say. And because I'm not a lover of being confronted with bestsellers, I'd much prefer to see a list of what the booksellers are reading and what they recommend. And I agree with you. The online Amazon sales are by far the biggest threat. And I'm definitely not going to buy a book that's been recommended to me because of a previous book I've read or because it's recommended by an algorithm. I have no interest in that at all. Right. I mean, there's there's no discovery in there because everything is what's already rated best-selling or highest rated on their website. So you don't have stuff that the owners or staff have like found and loved. And the threat much more comes from how the website itself like devalues books and uses predatory pricing and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And there is a lot of talk about some publishers discounting books to Amazon. And I'm not a lover of discounting books anyway, because a lot of work goes in to not only the writing or the years of writing of a book by the author, but also the team around them, you know, the publishers, their agent, the distributor, the formatter, the uh, book cover designer. That's a lot of pieces of the pie that need to get paid. And I really do feel that when books get discounted on Amazon, it devalues literature. Well, and the truth is, even if Amazon doesn't get better discounts than us, and I've heard both. Um, I don't know. And I'm sure it varies from publisher to publisher, but they sell books at a loss. It's specifically predatory. It's specifically targeted at putting independent bookstores out of business. Anytime you see, you know, the newest hardcover on Amazon for 60% off, they're losing money on that sale and they're only doing it to hurt other businesses. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think Amazon really need to sell books. I think they use books as clickbait. Yes, absolutely. You know, we get customers in and they're like, oh, well, why would they do that? And I'm like, it's because they just want to put other people out of business. It's not because they love literature. (laughs) Yeah. I want to support authors for that uh, matter too. Let's talk about something indie bookshops do best, and that is support their communities. How has the Walnut Creek community supported Flashlight Books and how does Flashlight Books support their community? Um, I mean, they're great. They, I mean, they support us by shopping from us, but, you know, the, the downtown association always sort of reaches out to us and makes sure we're part of their events. We have local principals and librarians and teachers who shop from us when they have the money. That kind of thing means the world to us. We actually are... Next week, we are the on-site bookstore for the East Bay Women's Conference, which is a big local conference for women entrepreneurs. So the community is amazing. They really reach out to us. And we try and be as involved as we can be. Obviously, we had to cut events back during COVID, but we donate to school auctions. We give schools and teachers and the, the city you know, whoever wants to order from us, um, we give them the best deals we can and just try and create positive community experiences. You know, people talk about the third space when they talk about bookstores. Um, You know, there's school, there's work as like spaces, community spaces and bookstores try and be another one of those. And they do it well. 
Okay, let's get down to what booksellers do best. And that is, can you recommend some books for us for readers in the children's preteen and YA age groups? Let's begin with the picture books. So I'll stick with newer releases just to streamline it a little. Sure, that works. Bodies Are Cool by Tyler Fetter. Amazing, body positive, beautiful illustrations. Eyes That Speak to the Stars by Joanna Ho, which is a a companion to Eyes That Kiss at the Corners. And what's really cool is that it's the same author-illustrator team, but they tweak the illustrations a little bit. So it's a little bit different. And Shay Bob by Bob Shay. It's just cute and hilarious. It's about like this alligator who wants to eat some birds. So he becomes part of their bird community to like try and lure them in. And then all of a sudden, like he's this very popular restaurant and he loves the birds and he doesn't eat them because they're best friends now. (laughs) Oh, how cute is that? And what about preteen? Preteen. So... Maisie Chen's Last Chance just came out by Lisa Yee. Yummy, A History of Desserts by Victoria Grace Elliott. It's this graphic novel, nonfiction about the history of desserts. It's inclusive. It's so well-written. We've got Frankie and Bug by Gail Foreman is beautiful. And the $150,000 Ruggala by Allison and Wayne Marks is also, it's like a Baking contest, but with like Jewish representation, which is like actually pretty hard to find in children's literature. That sounds like another much needed niche to me. Yep. Yep. That's another one. And what books can you suggest for YA readers? Yeah. So what I always like to say about YA sort of as a sidebar is that it's great for teens. It's also great for adults. I feel like young adult writers don't get bogged down in this concept of what literary fiction needs to be. And the stories are just like creative and accessible and like so great for adults as well. Some of my recent favorites, I Must Betray You by Ruta Sepetus, who is probably my favorite historical fiction writer across the board. She does amazing research. Mirror Girls by Kelly McWilliams is this gorgeous sort of Southern Gothic story about twin sisters who are black, but one of them is white passing. It's kind of like vanishing half, but for young adult. And Gear Breakers by Zoe Hannah Mikuda and Iron Widow by, and I may pronounce her name wrong, here in Jay Zhao. And that one blew up on TikTok, but it's like completely deserved. It's this incredible sort of futuristic retelling of Chinese history. Wow, that's a ton of great suggestions. Thank you. And you said earlier you have an adult book club. Does that mean you're selling adult books within the store? We do. We're about 25% adult in the store. You know, we started off smaller and there's been community demand, so we we go with it. And that's part of being in the community, I guess. If people need something, they'll ask for it and you need to supply them with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, essentially we're here to, you know, and I said that all about personal brand and I do believe that, but also like if the community wants certain books, like as long as it's not, you know, violating something we believe in, like absolutely we get those books. And my last question, is there a moment in the bookshop that you remember as being one of those, I am going to remember this for the rest of my life moments? I don't know if there's one specific moment, 
it's sort of an amalgamation of moments. It's when the kids and teens come in and they're like, this is my favorite place to go to downtown. Or they come in for the first time and they're like, oh my God, like, look at all these books. We had um, family in a few weeks ago and this did stick with me. They were a family of color and they ended up buying just this huge stack of books. And the mom told me, she was like, we are from, I think she said South Carolina. And she was like, our local indie is great, but like the, the representation in here, like they found all these books that were, you know, queer representation and like East Asian representation. And they were like, we just can't find these. And they were just so happy to find them. And it just, it made me feel like this is what we're trying to do. And this is why we do it. Yeah. And that's a wonderful moment. Yeah, it was great. Okay. So where can people find Flashlight Books? So we're Flashlight Books. We're 1537 North Main Street in Walnut Creek, California. And you can find us online at flashlightbooks.com. Or if you use bookshop.org, we're also on there. You can search by our zip code is 94596. Well, I am thoroughly impressed with what you and Marion and Gigi are doing at the bookshop. And I wish you all the best for the future. Thank you for being a guest on the Bookshop Podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for, you know, the, the chance to talk about it. We, we love what we're doing so much and love to talk about it. So thank you. <laughs> Make sure to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Mandy Jackson Beverly. And check out my website at mandyjacksonbeverly.com. And if you'd like to contribute to the coffee fund, go to thebookshoppodcast.brassbrout.com, click on the little orange heart in the right-hand corner of the page, and you can donate using PayPal. Your contributions support the production and editing costs of the show. For information regarding sponsoring an episode, email thebookshoppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. Theme music provided by Brian Beverly.